Welcome to the podcast for creating true wealth and a lasting legacy as a result of effectively managing financial wealth, creating purposeful impact, and ensuring succession and continuation. Everyone wants to live a life full of purpose and meaning and leave a positive legacy, yet so many people just drift along and never really ask the underlying questions. The purpose of this podcast is to share insights and strategies that allow you to find and define your purpose to create the lasting legacy you want for yourself and for generations to come. We get one life and opportunity to make a real and meaningful impact and find true wealth. This is the True Wealth Project Podcast with your host, Sasha Janssen. Subscribe to this podcast to never miss an episode and don't forget to also subscribe to the True Wealth newsletter to receive educational content and action steps to help you find your purpose and create the legacy you want to leave. I am your host and today I want to welcome Vicky Boucher. Vicky started investing in property in 2008 and has been named in the Telegraph's top 25 most influential people in property in the UK. She's a speaker and author of five books, including finalist in the Business Books Awards Book Awards in March 2020. She's a regular on podcasts across the globe. Vicky will surprise you with her take on property, finance, and the next decade. Vicky runs both a property training and sourcing business. In recent years, she has helped clients invest over five million pounds and bought over 70 properties. Hello, Vicky. Welcome to the True Wealth Podcast. Thank you very much. Hello. Hello. Hi, Sasha. Very nice to have you here. So uh, let's dive right in. And um, I mean, from, from the introduction I, I just read out, it's quite obvious that your passion is in, in property investing. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in property and in the first place and, and what made you teach it to others. It's interesting, isn't it, how our backgrounds shape what we do. So... Um, when my marriage broke up, I was in a position where I was a social housing tenant. So in the UK, where I'm from, we get an, an opportunity if you are struggling in any way, either for finances or whatever, we have the social system that is there to support you. And I was very lucky that at the time when my marriage broke up, that I was able to get um, rental accommodation from the council. So my benefits were paid by the government and and the council helped me find somewhere to live. And that was an incredible pivot point. You know, when any relationship breaks up, whether it's business or personal or whenever there's a massive shift in your, in your life circumstances, it's nice to know that there's a net there to support you. And I always remember thinking how grateful I was that someone helped provide me with a home. Um, I don't know if you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs from when you were at school, but it says that you can't really focus on anything else unless you've got your shelter sorted. And so it was almost a very cave man, cave woman moment Mm -hmm. in that I had no home and I needed a home and I'd got two young daughters. And without that, I'd got no foundation on which to build. So that was the first thing. And then I sort of like went straight up the ladder and went to, okay, what does this mean for new Vicky not in a marriage anymore? How am I going to be? What is it that I want for myself? So I went to university and went through a degree into a master's and then on to becoming a university lecturer over that first 11 year period. And I was still in social housing at the time. 
And then when I got out the other end, I've got my housing base, my children are moving on to secondary school, I've got my career, I've got some money behind me, not huge amounts, but I'm not in debt, I'm financially stable. Mm -hmm. And property just came into my mind. And the more it came into my mind, the more it linked back to other times it had come into my mind and I hadn't noticed it. And there's an incredible book, The Celestine Prophecy, where the author James Redfield talks about how there are um, signals or opportunities or um, um, gifts, if you like, of ideas that are presented to us by the universe, if, if you believe in all of that. And sometimes we remember them and sometimes we don't remember them. Sometimes we notice them and sometimes we don't. And I started to go, it's a bit like that game Yellow Car. Oh, look, there's a yellow car. Yeah, I saw a yellow car yesterday. I saw a yellow car last week. Yeah. So I started to go, oh, property. That's something about property. That's something about property. That's something about property. And before I knew it, I had created property as a thing in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't know what this was. It wasn't a business, but it was an awareness of an opportunity. And that's when I started to sort of then look and, and notice specific opportunities went on a a free as you do a free two hour I think it was evening nowadays it would be a zoom call but at the time it was a live event yeah. so I went on to a, a two hour evening call and thought oh that's what it's all about it was the piece that made sense for me okay so I'd be going property 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 what about property I don't understand and then it went this is a property investment course ah that's the framework yeah. And what that framework gave me was a way to take my passion for numbers and maths, um, my passion for how can I help others, my deep-seated gratitude at the help that I'd been given by being given a, a social housing home mm -hmm. um, or rented a social housing home, and then my skills as a university lecturer to go, I can make a thing out of this. I can invest in property, and then when I've worked out how to do it, I can show other people how to do it. Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing it, I'm going to be able to create homes for other single mothers that want that foundation. And when uh, I'm teaching other people, when they do it, then they're going to be providing homes for people. It's a win-win. Yeah. Okay. So that's how it all started, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that that's, a, that's about 11... That's 11 years in about 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one, one minute per year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Great. Now, in, 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 uh, I noticed in, I mean, you have a, um, um, th th there's a storyline across your books, I think. And, and in more recent years, you've focused more on the wider aspects of uh, wealth um, rather than just the pure property aspect. How did that happen? What motivated that shift or development? I think, again, when you look back, again, you can see signs for it. Yeah. And I think probably back as early as maybe 2013, 2014, as part of my teaching, I was saying to my clients that property is a business. So property has always been a business for me. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not a separate thing. I, I know when some people teach it, they go, oh, this is a way to make money or this is a way to get rich. But it's not. It's, a, it's just another business as if I was running a shop or running a consultancy yeah. so it's a business and then if it's a business 
my thought has always been that there are so many entrepreneurs out there that are driven by their passion to start a business, but don't understand the maths of it, and then create a business out of passion that makes them miserable in the end, because it's not providing them with the income that either they or their families want. Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that marrying up of, of passion and money. And mm-hmm. in 2017, 2018, I knew that I was going to have to take pretty much all of 2018 off because I needed some surgeries. So I knew that I wasn't going to be able to be as proactive in my business mm-hmm. as I am normally. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to pick up a book that had been lolling around on my desk or sort of in my folders. And I was going to make something of this book and bring it forward. Mm-hmm. And the book had started off as property is a business. But the more I thought of why am I writing it, it's actually because my thinking had evolved. And it's not just that property is a business. Yes, it is. But it's a business that would enable you to create the life you want. And what I realized that I was helping people do is I was helping them restructure financially so that they could live the lives that they wanted to live. And the way that I was doing that was helping them take the money that they had and maybe double it or triple it Mm -hmm. over a three to five year period. Mm -hmm. And so I started to ponder on that and write around that. And in the end, I came up with you know what, we're living longer than we think. And because we're going to live longer than we think, we're definitely going to live longer than we can financially afford because we've not planned for it. Hmm. Pensions and retirements are designed historically, well, they're designed historically not to pay out. But when they do pay out, they're they're paying out on the basis that you're not going to live long after you stop work. And there's still grounded in this idea that we retire at 65 and we're dead by 70 and that's just not true and in fact not only are we not dead by 70 we are actually still active physically and mentally at 75 at 80 even at 85 and if you want to be active mentally and physically that's going to take money for you to enjoy that life and yet you're not making the plan now so that you can live the life you want then yeah yeah, but then I just went one, one step further and I thought, well, if you can create enough money that you can live the life you want in the future, who's to say you have to wait till 65 to start that? If yeah. you start that planning in your mid-40s and you achieve that level of planning and you're all financially sorted by the time you're 55, you could restructure the way that you worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a wealthy retirement plan. To retire in the way that you want, when you want, and then the book came out. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Understood. So, so um, I mean, it's, it's it's quite interesting because I think the the that many people have a have a uh, they basically they outsource the thinking about their retirement to a pension fund or uh, in Germany would be uh, a lot of it would be outsourced to the to the government's public pension scheme, um, you know. But it's 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 interesting that uh, you know you come. You, you approach it from the angle of entrepreneurial thinking uh, and, you know, start thinking about it now rather than, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just going to save a bit into this pot and that pot and, and uh, essentially I'll be fine, uh, which, as you say, you know, simply won't be the case for many people because they, they luckily will, will live much longer than, than, than they're probably expecting. So, uh, yeah, it, very interesting. Is... is um, what what is wealth for you actually? 
financially or non-financially? I mean, how do you make yeah, up the components think... of wealth? I mean, in this show, basically, we work off the of the basis of a, of some, of a concept that I call the true wealth formula. And and uh, in in my definition, it's some some weighted um, uh, result of 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 it's it's a result of weighted parameters around the aspects of financial wealth impact or purpose and succession or legacy. So that's the multi-generational aspect of things, uh, thinking long-term and, you know, how, how do you want to be remembered, etc. So, So um, what is it for you? I definitely think there's uh, an element of the future in there. There are very, very few customers, if any, that aren't thinking about the future, whether the future goes long into the future or simply down to their children. Yeah. People are thinking about the future but actually my definition of wealth is a life that you have created that enables you to live the way you want now we mm -hmm. could say live the way you want live your purpose but I think we say having enough money to live your purpose to live your purpose is a is a thing that maybe some people go but I don't know what my purpose is mm -hmm. and then that that becomes a roadblock that they can get past that so I say The question is, what would you do if you never had to work another day in your life just to pay the bills? Yeah. And the answer to that question is either I'd spend more time with my family, um, I'd only work three days in my business or my job, um, I'd do a couple of days work at charity, and I've always wanted to paint, or I've always wanted to golf, or I've always wanted to travel, or I want to work three months of the year, take three months of the year off, work three months of the year. Whatever your answer to that question is, what would you do if you didn't have to go to work just to pay the bills? The answer to that question, when you can achieve that financially so that you can live that life, that is the ultimate wealth. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate wealth. That's the ultimate goal. And anything that you are doing towards that, that makes you feel like you're on a path towards living the life you want, based on your values, is a wealthy life. So for me, mm -hmm. I, obviously now we're, we're currently in, in COVID season or COVID world or whatever we're in, the, the COVID decade, who knows. Yeah. Um, but I am passionate about um, travel. And, and I think if you could see the pictures behind me, you'd see I've been so fortunate to be all over the world. So my ideal world would be to travel all the warm waters of the world, scuba diving, learning about the countries, et cetera, et cetera. So land and sea all over the world. I can't do that right now, but I still feel wealthy because I have a life that enables me to know that that is an opportunity for me, that I can go on holiday if I want to. I've created a business that doesn't require me five days a week or seven days a week or 24 hours a day or any of that I've got a very flexible business because I knew that I wanted to be geographically flexible as well mm -hmm. so I have a wealthy life because I've created that pattern even though I'm not able to do all the traveling bit at the moment I'm still wealthy yeah. and so I think that if you are in a position where you know your finances and know the life that you want to live based on your values and you are bringing those two things into alignment you have a wealthy life and the wealth maybe maybe the one word answer to what does wealth mean I wonder if it's the word control it's just sort of come to me now is it 
Is it about being in control of your life? If you're in control of your life and not someone else is in control of your life, if you're in control of your life and you can spend your time in a way that gives you joy, purpose, you're wealthy. Yeah, I quite like that answer. I mean, mm. the, the control element, I suppose, uh, comes, comes into it when you think about uh, uh, the finances and... You know, if, if you're able to um, sustainably finance the lifestyle you want, then you're basically in control. Yeah. Um, now, I think I think that also raises the question about you know what what is that level, and is that is that um, I mean, can you put a figure on that, or is it is it something that is uh, I presume it's different for everybody. Yeah, it's very definitely different for everybody. And I talk about it in my book as being enough, more than mm -hmm. enough, much more than enough. And enough is quite a funny word because we often use it in a very negative connotation, like I haven't got enough. Yeah. So it's often linked to negative. But the way I use it is a very positive way. So if your income covers all of your expenses, and by your expenses, I mean all the fixed costs that you require to to survive and included in that is food. So your living costs, your mortgage or your rent, any of the local taxes or utility bills that you have to pay, insurance if you have to pay it, your travel to work if you have to go to work in order to earn the money, um, the cost of your mobile phone and then the cost of your food. That is your essential costs, if you like, because yeah. without those things, you can't function. And we could think of a phone as a luxury, but actually... It has yeah. become a necessity these yes. days, so it's not a luxury. So cover all of that. If you can cover off that amount of money, you have enough money. Now, I've got one client, because they've cleared their mortgage and they're crazy cyclists and they cycle to work, they only need £950 a month to cover off yeah. basically their food, their phone, their yeah. internet, and their utility bills. Yeah. But then I have other clients who've got, you know, two or three children and they're looking at two and a half grand. So it is a different figure for everybody. But the point is, do you know how much you need to cover off your basic costs? Do you know how much money is enough that you don't actually have to worry? Because the next level up is more than enough. Mm -hmm. So when you have enough, you've covered everything that you have to pay. Then if you have more money, you have more than enough money, then what you can do is you can think about having takeaways. You can think about going out for a meal when we used to be able to do that. Um, you could think about saving for a holiday. You can think about presents for the children's birthdays because although they're important, they're not actually essential if you can't put food on the table. So then yeah. there's more than enough. And then when you really get your finances sorted out and there are a lot of people in this position, but they don't know it, you actually have much more than enough because you have enough money to pay your bills. You have more than enough money for day-to-day -day pleasures, weekly pleasures, monthly pleasures, gym memberships, whatever else you want to have. And then you have much more than enough, which is where you can save up for your cruise or you can pay for another car or you pay for your children to go to private education or you have a savings fund or something else that you pay into. And those actual numbers are different for everybody at a different level, but the concept is there. And if you do not know your basic income and expenses, you don't know whether you're earning enough, you will actually be in, in a form of 
financial agita agitation and therefore stress because you don't know. And, and I speak to people all the time and they have this very sheepish conversation with me when I say, okay, so do you know how much you earn? Yes. Do you know how much you spend? No. Do you have any credit card debt? Yes. How much, have you got money on credit? Yes. How much is on your credit card? And they tell me almost embarrassed about one credit card. And then I say, have you got any other credit cards? And then they own up to another credit card. Mm. And then it's almost like I have to say, and do you have another credit card? And then they'll go yes to a third credit card. They won't mm. say, I've got three credit cards. They're embarrassed about the debt. So if they're embarrassed about the debt, they must be unconsciously aware yeah. that this is something that's not good in their life. Yeah. And then when you ask them, they're incurring maybe 20% interest. They're unaware of how to clear this down. Mm. And this is... This is then eating into all of that money that could be giving them the more that they want in their life or even the much more that they want in their life. They're paying it over to some financial corporation that's getting rich off the back of, excuse me, phrasing it like this, but their financial ignorance mm -hmm. or their financial laziness because yeah. it depends. So some yeah. people don't understand and some people do know, but they've just got their head in the sand instead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very common mentality, isn't it? Hugely. And I mean, it affects everybody. This isn't just about affecting the working class person who is on a basic oh, salary. Yeah. Yeah. These are people that are, I mean, I've had doctors, solicitors, mm -hmm. senior consultants, all in the same position where they are earning, you know, significant salaries on an annual basis, yeah. but don't feel wealthy because they're not in control of their money. They don't know where they stand. They're not living a life of their design. Yeah. They are pressured to be on this work um, merry-go-round in mm -hmm. order to pay the debt yeah. that actually they didn't even need if they just sort the debt out yeah, yeah. and clear it down. And, and the worst thing is I've then even spoken to people who've got, oh, and I've got 5,000 pounds in savings. Oh, okay, that's really good. Do you have any credit cards? Yeah, yeah, I've got two credit cards. Uh, one's got 5,000 on, one's got 2,000 on, okay. And then how much are you paying a month? And what's mm. the, you've got 5,000 pounds sitting either in a loan or on a, a credit card that's incurring anything from 10 to 20% interest. And yeah. yet your savings are in a bank not even making 1% interest. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It but, doesn't make sense. But that, it, and it you just, just happens. Use, yeah. Clear the debt and then start saving again with yeah. with no one making a profit off of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just crazy because, uh, well, I, I suppose it, it really often just is 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 a uh, as you say laziness. It, it's it's or maybe you know putting your head in the sand and, and ignoring it. But it's it's essentially it's laziness, isn't it? Because it's it's really common sense if you th start thinking about it, but. I wonder, I wonder if that's you being German and me being mathy, right? So how do you feel about maths, Sasha? How, how um, do you feel about Do you like maths or not like maths? No, I'm quite okay about it. I mean, I've, I've worked with numbers uh, most of my life, so I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a mathematical genius, but I, I do have an understanding of finances and interest and compound and whatever, which is, I think, probably more than most people have because, you know, I've been trained in that sector, so... Um, I do have a reasonable understanding. But having said that, I think it's quite interesting because that, that concept of financial planning um, is, despite all that knowledge, uh, relatively new for me. I mean, I've, I've always worked to make money and to build wealth, but I, 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 up until 
very quite recently, you know, I wasn't very strategic about managing the money flows and, and making sure it all comes together. And, and it's, I don't know, it's, 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 it's strange because you don't learn about it in, in school. You don't learn about it. Well, you learn about it to a degree from your parents, you know, how to manage your, your pocket money and things. But it's, it's, it's not very strategic, I think. It's not no. very strategic. I, th- I, think there are, I think there are a couple of things there that you said that are really interesting. So the first off is, I think you and I are different to a lot of people. Yeah. In, we like maths. Um, I don't know how it is in Germany, but in the UK, if you ask a lot of people, yeah. I reckon you would probably get 80%. This is Vicky making the numbers up. I don't know. I don't have any facts for this. It's a feeling, a gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good 80% of the population that just don't like maths. And if you just don't like maths, then how are you ever going to manage your money, which it requires a math skill? Now, yeah. the math skill required is add up, take away, yes. and multiplying interest. That's all you need to understand. Yeah. So that's the first thing is people don't like maths. Yeah. The second thing said is about parents. People learn about maths from their parents. But if your parents haven't been good with money, then they are going to pass on either um, – you know, negative values around money, like, oh, it's only only the rich, the rich get richer. You know why the rich get richer? Is because either they or they employ someone who understands how to do the maths with the money. Yeah. And what those people are doing is what you said is the the level that you were missing, that forward planning, that strategicness about money. And right. you can't get strategic about money if you are sweltering and and drowning in debt. Through, through either lack of financial intelligence or lack of courage to face up to what's going on. Mm. And it's not something to be embarrassed about. I absolutely believe that it is the failure of the education system. Okay. And I've been a, a college yeah. lecturer and a university lecturer. Yeah. And we just do not teach young people about money and, and yes, save some and yes, invest some and yes have some for your bills and be aware of your money and I think that the only reason I got that yes my father ran his own shop so he was entrepreneurial but I don't feel that my dad was ever a money expert and passed that on to me my mum was very much we would go away on holiday every year to Italy and she would plan for the holiday and in the January so once we got over Christmas in the January to June period before we went away in July every month she would buy a little bit of something towards the holiday so that was that's a very grandparent style thinking I want something so I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it little by little by little or save up little by little to get there and when we went away on my holiday on our holidays my dad used to take a, a pocket full of cash because you know not that I'm that old, but that's what we used to do. We used to take the cash because then we'd converted it and everything else. And he knew if we were going away for 10 days that we had £100 a day to pay yeah. for accommodation and food or £50 a day to pay for food or something or petrol and food, whatever. And he had those budgets. But I wasn't taught that in school at all. Yeah, no, and that's that's what's missing. That's yeah, I think what's missing. It, it should really be made a, a subject in school that is 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 taught to everyone, and, and that's clearly that's clearly a gap in the education system worldwide, actually. And um, I think it would make maths more interesting yeah. if we made it more real. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I remember, and I I do sort of quite like those puzzles. But you know, 
2x minus 3y's equals 4z's and you've got to work them out. But it's like, what's that got to do with life? I mean, I did enjoy doing them, but that's because they were a logic puzzle. What about the other one? Um, two cos, a sine and a tangent. I mean, I just remember those things. And the slide rule, you know, they probably just do these on their computers these days, but having a slide rule and you, what was all that about? And I really don't care if the corners of the triangle add up to something. But if you had said to me, this is a fundamental skill. When you get your wages, you you need to understand out of your wages that you've got to pay for your house and you've got to save up for your monthly utility bills and you need to put some money away for food. And then whatever you've got left, you can save and you can spend and you can choose it. I'd have gone, wow. And then I'd have gone straight home. I can imagine me pre-10 counting my pennies and looking at that. But I wonder whether... There's always a little bit of me that that explores or just at the edge of the conspiracy. Is there a reason why they wouldn't want us to know this? You know, <laughs> well, I, I, why? I there probably is in, in, in the system because, you know, like insurance companies, pension funds and credit card companies, banks particularly, I mean, they, they all have an interest to to take your money and, and, and to not make you too wealthy because then they can't really make any more money out of you. Um, it is it is very much that and I know when I did the I did a whole in one of the books I did a whole sort of section on the the history of of money and how it works and how in the old days we we if we want something I'd give you a chicken and you'd give me a leg of a sheep but we can't walk around that and then I didn't need a whole sheep I only needed a bit of a sheep then I've got to give a bit of a sheep to somebody else so then we had these tokens that we traded and those tokens became money, and that was our system of barter turned into money. And the whole system then became banking, and banking was backed by gold deposits. So people would do whatever they're doing, earn gold. The gold would go into the bank and sit there where it was actually looked after by the bank manager. Yeah. But then because he had gold, he could actually lend out some of these token notes, these promissory notes. And that's why the, in England it used to say, on the on the notes i promised to pay the bearer mm. the sum of yeah. and that's because they were backed by gold and it was nixon sort of like in the 1970s that took away the requirement for the federal reserve to have gold backed deposits and that's why we're now in a situation i don't know i don't know how germany's raising money but we're just we're just printing money now so well, because think, of the covid we just we're just printing money yeah which yeah. means money actually has no meaning whatsoever yeah well i mean you now we're in a completely different discussion but i think that's gonna uh you know fall fall back onto our feet at some point uh, but anyway, that's the strategy at the moment to print as much money as you can and, and hopefully create inflation to uh, to make the debt go away or to you know, reduce the burden. But, but exactly, I, I, who is it when you do that inflation? Who is it that pays the cost of that? The ordinary person that doesn't yeah. understand that there is good debt and there is bad debt. And yeah. good debt is where you borrow money and you make that money earn its keep yeah. so that it, it can pay back 
what it costs to borrow it and leave you with some benefit at the other side. So, for example, we got here um, the opportunity for businesses to do a business um, bounce back loan, they called it. So loads of companies have plowed into taking on this debt so that they can sit with, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 100,000 sitting in the bank accounts because there's no interest for the first year and then there'll be low interest down the line. But if that money is frittered away, if that money is not invested in something that is going to cause that business to earn A, back the sum invested plus the cost of the interest that's paid down the line and a profit and a, and a benefit for having done it, then all that money is going to do is mean down the line, this business is going to be burdened with £100,000 worth of debt charged at, even if it's a small amount of interest, that's going to accumulate into the distance that you might have got through this process and then trip up through the next process. Yeah, absolutely. It's just just all maths. And and maths is magical. It can literally lift the veil off your eyes and help you see the world in a new way. You are not the victim of circumstances. You are the master in your own kingdom or mistress in your own kingdom and you can take control of your finances you and if you don't know the maths you can ask someone to help you and and get those maths under control and choose to live the life you want and then make the money work for you so that you can have that life you want and feel wealthy because you're doing something towards what you want yeah yeah well said well said now, um, a bit bossy there. Sorry, I get a bit impassioned. <laughs> <laughs> you must, you must take care of your money. Sorry, sorry. Put the waggy finger away and calm perfectly down. Again, okay, perfectly okay. <laughs> so, in in your book, you also uh, mention the term legacy uh, a number of times. Um, is 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 that something that is um, that is important to you? Have have you, um, or in what way is it important to you? Um, I think the first thing is it's a bit like the word wealth. It has many meanings to people. Mm-hmm. So for some people, the word legacy is a financial thing. So mm-hmm. how can I leave a financial legacy for the generations below me? So if you have children or now, quite frankly, grandchildren, um, and and quite probably because you're going to live longer than you think, you'll get to meet your great-grandchildren, which is an amazing privilege the whole idea of inheritance is going to go out the window. The same as with retirement, that will all go out the window. So we've got this thing of legacy, which could be about financial legacy. How can I leave what I've got in the most tax efficient way to those people, which is a sort of quite a cold blue mathematical linear way of doing it. But then there's also the other side of um, I'm passionate about something. If, if you are, I'm passionate about something, mm. whether it's the environment or homelessness or doing away with plastics or financial education for young people or just generally financial education for people. What can I create that can stay on beyond the natural span of my life and help others? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, property does two things. Property provides a financial legacy for my children, my grandchildren, and one day my great-grandchildren, because Mm -hmm. it is an investment into an asset that will eventually increase in value, but also generates monthly cash. So there's that side of it. But actually, all of those houses are providing homes for people so that they can start on their variation of the journey that I went on. 
get a decent home and from that decent home be in a position where you can make a difference in your life I've been literally been over the last couple of weeks having a conversation with um so I had a house that the tenant just left without giving notice fine off she's gone We've done work to the house. As the house being worked on, somebody in the street has noticed that the house is being worked on. They've said, I'd really like to live in your house. We've gone through all the whole application process. And the more I've got to learn about this woman's story. So she's come from a very abusive background. Um, she's got a, a huge family. She went through the loss of a child she's had a mental breakdown she's worked in the armed forces she's now struggling to get herself back on her feet and I can see that she wants to make this place a home a stable base for her and her children what yeah. what greater gift could I give now let's be honest it's a business as well but what greater gift could I give than a home to someone who wants to make it a decent place for her and her children to live. Yeah. Because that that sets up the next generation. Her children are then going to have a decent home so that it's not too cold, too damp, too wet. It, they're not going to get sick. They're not going to get asthma. They're going to have a bedroom each. They're going to have a fully functioning kitchen so that she can cook them food. Um, they're going to have space to play in. They've got a backyard to play in. They're going to be close to the school and their friends. Mental health, everything starts from this. Yeah. What, what more could a legacy be? And, and I, because of property in my business, have been able to bring the two, if you like, the two definitions of legacy together. Mm -hmm. What do I want to leave for the future and for others? And what can I also leave for my family that's of benefit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, on, on this show, we, we explore the aspect of, of uh, legacy. And, and um, in, in your book, you talk about the, the four M's. And um, tell, tell us a little bit about what those are for. I think there's a good, good lead in that you just gave. And uh, how do they relate to wealth and legacy? So I was thinking about legacy is really time as well, isn't it? It's what you're doing with your time, your money, mm -hmm. your resources. So legacy is about the application of your resources into the future. So we've already spoken about money. You're going to get in control of your finances. That's fine. But time is actually almost more important than money because I could ask you, Sasha, could you lend me a hundred pounds? And you could say yes. Yeah. And then obviously with or without interest. But if I said to you, Sasha, could you lend me an hour or give me an hour? It's not, it's not, that easy you could share an hour with me to exchange knowledge in order that I might mm. learn something but you can't make you cannot yeah. make my life one hour longer it doesn't work like that so because our time is so precious how is it that we go through an education system that says right you go to school you go to senior school you go to college you go to university you get a job you do this you buy a house you get into debt you have to continue working Finally, you're exhausted. We'll let you stop working with this thing called retirement. And then a few years later, you'll die. And you're going, okay, when did I get the choice in there? When did, when did I get to do what I was doing? You get the first five years when you're a kid at one end. And if you're lucky, the last five years before you pop your clogs at the other end. Yeah. What about if we turn it the other way around and we go, okay, Sasha, what really matters to you? And it always comes back to this. What's important yeah. to you? What are your values? 
And when you start to talk that through, it's quite possible to comb them into these four M's. And I'll tell you what they are in a minute. Bear in mind, they're my M's and you can add more M's or you can add a few A, B's and C's if you want. But it's how do you want to define your time? So there are going to be things that you are passionate about. And this might fall under family. It might fall under sports. It might fall under the environment. Okay. So again, this word passion will mean something different for different people. Mission is actually something you feel compelled to do, but don't necessarily want to earn money for it. So it could be, again, the environment which you are passionate about. You also want to make it your mission to make a difference about the environment. And so you do some voluntary work for a charity. Mm-hmm. Or like in the village I live in, they do litter picks on a, on a, yeah. every Saturday once a month. And so maybe your mission is to be part of the litter pick gang and you clear up the village and remove all of the plastics that are just lying around and might harm the wildlife. Or you live on the coast and you might do a beach clean. So that could be something that you're passionate about, but also something that you have as a mission, which is something that you make a difference, but you don't have to be paid for. Yeah. We can then take the environment again and say, actually, means, which is the third one, means. Now, means is how do you make your money? It's your wages. So what is the, the method of making money for you? And it could be, because you're a scientist, that you also make money because you have a business that is a wind farm. I'm going, going to extremes here. So that would be it. And then the other thing is multi-generational. And this is where we are passing up and down the age groups, our knowledge. We've got more experienced people sharing with younger people, but we've got brilliant younger people that see things in different ways, passing it back up. And so maybe taking the environment again, that multi-generational is where you reach out to Greta Thunberg. So your multi-generational is that you're learning the thoughts that Greta has to change the environment. Your main way of earning money is through your wind farm or whatever business. And so you make changes to that based on what you've learned from her and what she learns from you influences what she shares out with the world. You are passionate about it, so that's great. And at home, you recycle and you have a wind farm in the back garden. And as a mission, you go out and you help litter pick on the weekends with your local neighbours. So that one thing could be any one of those four, but you've got ways that you earn your money, means, ways that you love spending your time, passion, things that drive you that may link to your legacy, which is your mi- your mission. What, what difference do you want to make in the world? And multi-generational is we're not in silos. How can you share what you know with people older than you and people younger than you? So mm. that it's through the, the transfer of knowledge and the transmutation of knowledge and the better understanding of the world that we can find better solutions to the problems that we've got. Now, Take those four M's and think, given my values, how do I want to spend my time? I want to spend my time three days earning money, two days on my mission litter picking, and uh, two days a week with my family because that's what I love. And across the whole line will be intergenerational knowledge transfer. Brilliant. Now I've only got three days a week in which to earn my money. 
how much money do I need a month? And then you can work out how much money you need to earn a day. And you can work out whether this business is sustainable, whether you need to create more investments, whether you need to reduce your expenses, whether you need to work three days a week some point in the future. But right now you need to work five days a week to earn the money that down the line you can work three days a week. Wow, you're in control. You are living your life on purpose, following what really matters to you, your values. You've shaped your life, not someone else. It's your story. You've written it. And because you know the way you want to live your life and you know how much enough money is that you need to cover the expenses of your life, you can then work out how to earn enough or more than enough. Ta-da! And it's such a, again, it's a mathematical formula. It's, it's a formula that's so easy to understand. And then all you have to do is make it work. Yeah. And that's, that's the choice bit. Yeah. Are you going to choose not to have a takeaway this weekend? Because you know that if you do, you're going to put it on a credit card and incur debt. When quite frankly, you've got the ingredients at home. You could cook from home. And by not incurring the debt, you know that you can live the life you want a week earlier mm. or two weeks earlier or a month earlier. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, a very interesting concept because I, I, my, my next question was going to be, you know, and, um, to create your legacy uh, is um, I think to many people, a big challenge. I mean, it, it, it sounds like a really tall order to, you know, create your legacy and, And that sort of thing, but I think what you've just explained is a, is a very easy, um, logical way of approaching it and and, and just getting started. If well, I think also that if again, it's that's why I don't use the word purpose because particularly if you've done any sort of personal development or read any personal development books, they talk about finding your purpose, and it seems this thing that you you have to find and that it's quite hard to find. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I am completely clear what my purpose is mm. when you ask that question. But I know what I want to do yeah, because I know what's important to me. Yeah. And actually, if I don't do anything from today going forward, my legacy would be the books that I've written, mm. um, the course that sits on my website, the um, online audits that I've created to help people with the with the, the books, that the personalized reports that come out the back yeah. but more importantly it will be the time that I've spent with my children and my grandchildren and my partner and the memories that I live in their leave in their head you know so memories um that's that was one of that's where I went wrong with my four m's I actually went three m's and a p passion is yeah. also memories you didn't pick me up on that but <laughs> The four M's are means, memories, mission, and uh, multi-generational. And but, but, uh, memories. Yeah, but the memories bit is the overarching thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. but it's also, it's, it can be your memories. You know, memories, why would you not me have memories about things that you're passionate about? You know, so yeah, sure, it, it's... Sure. it's yeah. But that's what I say. These words can mean anything. But if you don't understand what's important to you, yeah. how do you... How do you want to live your life? And from understanding how you want to live your life, you can then maybe shape the way that you earn your money and think about actually how much money you need to earn in order 
that you can have the life that you want. I, I meet people again, and this is quite typically a male thing, um, or the main breadwinner of the house, which often is the male, but not always, that they feel such a weight on their shoulders to provide income for the family, to provide for their partners, to provide for the children, to pay for the home, that the pressure is so enormous that they're then not actually paying attention to the maths of it, don't know whether they're doing the right thing anyway, but they're so driven to work to earn money because they have to provide money because that's their role in this family. It's not. Your role in the family is one of the parents your role is a parent to the children to pass on your knowledge. To, to do that, you need to spend time with them, quality time with them. But more importantly, you need to stay alive and not die early of a heart attack because you've stressed yourself out so badly. And you could be going to work to earn money that you don't need to earn if only you cleared the, the debt you didn't need to have. Yeah, I, I think it's, it, it's really... Um... It's quite, um, um, oh, it's, it's just a very intuitive, if you, if once you've grasped the concept, I think your, your, your method is quite intuitive and, and easy to get started with, to implement it. It's, you know, uh, I mean, the, the premise always is, how do you want to spend your time? And that's the question that most people don't, don't really ask themselves because they're so stuck in the day-to-day uh, grind of work, etc that they don't really think about it. And it's similar with, with what we had earlier with the financial education, you know, thinking about money is, is something that, that most people don't really actively do. Uh, you know, they, yeah, they save a bit here and there and they, they, they make more money and, and they put more aside, but they, they're not just as myself up until recently, you know, they're not strategically uh, managing their money flows so that they get the most out of it. So essentially they have to spend a lot more energy making that money um, then they really had, would have to if they, if they just started thinking about it more actively. Because they're not thinking of their money as something that can work for them. And this, again, yeah. sorry, it comes straight back to school again. Because at school, if you were lucky enough, you would have had at some point some sort of careers session, some, some careers class or careers advisor speak to you and what they're doing is mm-hmm. they're looking at where are your skills are you you're quite well organized um or you're very chatty or um you're good with maths or you're good with science right go on this course and and follow this line to have this job at no point and and i also do think that quite frankly at 16 it's probably a little hard to answer these questions but mm-hmm. I don't think we should not give 16-year-olds the chance to answer this question. What really matters to you? Right. So you're really passionate, and I'll just pick up the environment. That's only because the background of my my screen's the sea and everything else. You're passionate about the environment, okay? What aspect of the environment, and how does that match with your skills? Oh, okay, so you're really good at science. Why don't we look at how through... science skills and the environment you can follow a career path to allow you to bring together something that you are passionate about your mission and your means coming together to 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 form a career path line for you that will give you both joy and income yeah you know and if we started the conversation like that we'd be shaping everybody 
to have more fulfilling lives. But actually, what, what a society needs is the drones, without being so rude about it. They just need the people to do the basic jobs that nobody else wants to do. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be like that. Why? I, I often think to myself about, you know, not so much the road sweepers, you know, the guys that go around for the council and they mow the lawns and they trim yeah. the tree. You're effectively being the gardener of the public spaces. I'd love that. Why aren't we, why aren't we encouraging those people who may be interested in the environment, for example, to go, you know what, council, you know that square patch of land we've got over there? The kids don't play on it. I think that if you let me rake it up, I could sow some wild seeds and we would create, or we could create a bee highway through our, our county so that we could have more bee populations. In fact, why as a council don't we have a project to have beehives, we could teach the schools, we could make honey, we could sell the honey, the honey would pay for the for the bee upkeep and, and it can be like 20% of my job to look after the bees. We could encourage people to be more creative whatever job you're in. And what about the dustbin men? You know, don't just assume that, that they have this awful job. Why aren't they able to think, you know what? Do you know where your recycling goes? Do you know that this council... You, you split it all up and they just stick it all in a pile and send it to India or, or out to the Far East where it's buried. Actually, why aren't we recycling Tetra Packs? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we pulling out the cardboard? Anything. They, you know, how are we asking these people what passions they have and how they could add value to the jobs that they're doing? And every, honestly, it's just sometimes I get into this nirvana and they'll... <laughs> Just calm down, Vic. It's, it's this, there could be so much more with so little effort yeah. if we just shifted a millimetre in our thinking, which is into that word legacy. What is the world that we all want to leave mm. behind us? Yeah. And I do hope, and I will assume that by the nature of the people listening to your podcast, that everybody listening will want to leave the world in a better place. Yeah. And if that's the case... If someone isn't asking you in your job or your business, how can you leave the world in a better place? Start that conversation. Yeah. Start bringing to the fore the things that are your passions, your missions, so that we can combine these and actually change the world, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Oh, powerful. <laughs> yeah, not, not bad for, for a one-hour conversation. Right, so what we're going to do... <laughs> Yeah, sort your maths things. out, sort your money out, know what's important to you, change the world. Easy. Change the world. Easy. Yeah, easy. <laughs> and in actual fact, it, it, I joke, but that is, I've just joked, made that as a joke, but that is exactly the process I take people through. Yeah. Well, clarity. And it clarity. Is, yeah. Sorry, it is quite easy, essentially. I mean, yeah, you may not want to expect to change the entire world at once, but, you know, that's how change starts to happen, isn't it? Because people start changing things and start thinking about these aspects and, and it's all so, the little one percents isn't it yeah but if you yeah. don't have the clarity right at the beginning about what's important to you yeah then there will be nothing driving you to want to take that financial control yeah and if you don't take financial control there's very little point us looking at what resources you've got because you'd be wasting them anyway and yeah. once we identify what resources you've got in terms of time and money we can look at how you're leveraging them 
and making them work for you, which is that strategic bit that you said is missing in your life. Because without leveraging the resources you've got, you don't get that creative forward planning. And at the end of this is the legacy that you will leave. And then you can come back round the loop again and you can go, okay, I've been round the loop once. Clarity, control, resources, leverage, legacy. Again, clarity, control, resources, leverage, legacy. And each time you do it, your understanding evolves, your plan crystallizes, your potential impact, your legacy magnifies. And, and that that's, yeah, maybe that is my, it's definitely my passion. <laughs> yeah, <Maybe>. well, it's... <laughs> I, I can hear that from you talking about it. So absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm conscious about time. We've, we've yeah. spent about, I, I do have more questions here, but I can't ask them all now. So, so we have to. Maybe we can have a part two, Sasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah we part- can do a part two. Definitely, definitely. Um, let me just see what, what, what we, um, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've obviously developed quite a, um, a, quite a thought model there. And, and, and I, I'm quite impressed by it. Mostly I think about by the, uh, by the uh, simplicity of it and the clarity, basically. Um, can, can you, I mean, for you, what have been the biggest challenges in, in, in getting to where you are in terms of, you know, creating that legacy that you were talking about earlier and, and, and developing that and, and, getting to that that state of mind if you like Hmm. i don't know biggest challenges i think i think probably the biggest challenges were right back at the beginning of the story you know where we were Mm. about an hour ago was that moment in my life when i realized everything i thought it was going to be and 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 you do you know what you can parallel that with with the the difference between 2019 and 2018 in 2019 everybody thought they knew where they were Um, I found a video I recorded in October 2019 where I was talking about what an amazing decade. I I really feel, even though this decade has started with Kavona, that this is this is a pivotal decade for us. This is a decade mm. that is going to reshape the planet, the world, the people in it. Yeah. And and that still, I think, is the essence that I was feeling at the end of 2019. When I was married, I thought I had this life, this life here on road called the street. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't right for me. There were too many potholes in the road and I had to sort of turn left mm. and move on to a road called the avenue or something, you know, so I had to take a different path. Yeah. I'm still generally moving forward, but actually there was a few degrees of shift And those degrees of shift came by the recognition that what had been going wrong on the path that I was on, Mm. amongst many other things, was a lack of financial control. There was a lot of financial issues in our marriage. There were a lot of other issues as well, but there were a lot of financial issues in our marriage, primarily caused because I took a subordinate female role. I left my then husband to be the breadwinner. I assumed he was managing the money and paying the bills. And I took no part in understanding that. And I see that so many times in my clients, that one member of the family is the one that knows about the finances Mm. and the other adult in the family actually doesn't even ask, doesn't just has abdicated all responsibility altogether. 
So if that is a, is a traditional male-female role and that the man is the breadwinner and the woman stays at home, looks after the children, has no idea about the finances, if anything happens in that relationship, yeah. she has no savings, she has no job, she has no career, she is so vulnerable and yet at a time when she needs to be the mother lion and look after her children, she has no support around her at all other than if she's really lucky to have family, which I did. And so that's the biggest challenge there, that we are, again, back to money. We are not taking responsibility. We're not aware of the importance of financial education. We're not telling the next generations and the next generations about money yeah. because, you know, if the, if the mother is the main one that speaks to them, she won't be passing this on either. And so we're perpetuating this challenge that people aren't financially yeah. aware, aren't financially intelligent, and that is the biggest hurdle, because if you don't get the money sorted out, how can you, if you are worried sick about death, have a conversation with me about the legacy that you want to leave? Yeah. yeah. You can't. Your heart won't be in it. You'll be yeah. so stressed, you won't be able to have that conversation. So the biggest challenge is, is this simple income and expenses, sort out your money, Get yourself out of debt. If you don't know how to do it, ask. It's a mathematical answer. That's all it is. It's just maths. Yeah. And we add so much emotion by saying it's money, but it's maths. Get the maths problem sorted, and then you can think about the legacy. And I honestly feel that once I got in control of my money, nothing, nothing really has been as big a challenge. Sure, there's minor challenges that come along, and I'm not, I'm not playing down the coronavirus. The coronavirus is, is another challenge on the path, but it's yeah. nowhere near as big for me as the original financial crisis that I experienced because I went through that crisis already. What people are going through now is probably their moment of financial crisis. Yeah. And that's why these podcasts, why I'm doing all these podcasts, because if I can share with you now... I had a financial crisis, not caused by a pandemic, but caused by the breakup of my family circumstances. I had nothing. I had no money. I understood it was a maths problem. I counted every penny. I literally had a notepad and I wrote down every penny that I spent. That's what I'm encouraging you to do now. You can get through any financial difficulty you are facing now caused by the pandemic or before the pandemic. You can get through this. And when you get through this, your ability to come out the other side lighter in your soul, stress-free, happy, and then be able to see your way through to a positive future is so simple. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Well, and, you know, people can obviously uh, profit from, from your experiences. I mean, you had to learn it the hard way, but, you know, now, now it's uh, potentially a lot easier. They can just contact you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and I would welcome anybody who is struggling um, you know, to buy the book, you've mentioned it, The Wealthy Retirement Plan. If you follow the links in there, part of the resources to go with The Wealthy Retirement Plan is a spreadsheet to help you work out your money. Hmm. There is an online audit called The Readiness to Retire Wealthy that takes you through those five principles I meant, yeah. mentioned. Clarity, control, legacy resources, sorry, resources, legacy, um, leverage, legacy, those five principles and measures you against those principles so you can work out where the weakness in your plan is. Yeah. Great, great. We'll put a, um, 
we'll put a link to the to the book and and maybe also to the to the spreadsheet. The um, scorecard, yeah. Yeah, the scorecard. Um, in in the into the show notes. Now, um, what do you want to be remembered for? Talking about legacy. I mean, oh, you've, you've mentioned. What do I want to be remembered things, for? But... Do you know what we we did this? We spoke about this the other day. It was quite interesting. Um, and I think I want to be remembered for making my grandchildren smile. <clears throat> yeah. Bringing, I just want to bring joy to my grandchildren. Yeah. And, and that sounds simple, but is actually, again, like the word wealth means so much so for for my grandchildren to have joy in their life their parents will need to be financially sorted so that they've got a decent home they've got food on the table they've got toys they have time with their parents that aren't stressed out about money to do things they have chance to have time with me that we can live near one another um but also that their world that they grow up into you know, one daughter, granddaughter's just turned four and my grandson is nine months, but that they grow up into a world that is inspiring and positive and supportive and not at war with itself mm. and has values that we are all proud to belong to, you know, yeah. that we value kindness. Because yeah. that was one of the things that, that came out of the first lockdown there was a lot more kindness around the, the clapping, the chatting to your neighbours, the community. Yeah. There's so much underneath the word joy that I, I just want to bring joy to my grandchildren. And when I see anything that's with my experience that I think might limit their joy, that's what I want to do something about. So whether it's the environment or finances or just being nice to the neighbours or or stopping bullying in school, any of those things. I just want joy for my grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. Without joy, what's the point of life? Okay. So is, is in, 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 you know, bearing that in mind, uh, you know, about your your mission and, and passion and, and the, uh, what you want to uh, be remembered for, do you think there's room for improvement or where do you still want to go, in other words? Oh, I... That's definitely another four podcasts. Conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just, I think right now I need to focus on what I'm doing, which is working with my bespoke clients, making a difference to them, and and having that balance, which I do feel that I've been so fortunate to have, that balance between how much time I spend working with others for money, my mm. means, how much I spend time multi-generational helping people younger or older than me sharing knowledge from people older or younger than me and how much time I spend building memories with my grandchildren and then how much time I spend on my mission working with people who are um, who need support but can't afford to access that support and and having that balance that's that's just what I need to focus on now and I think that if I run that through and I maybe run another decade of that then we'll see we'll see I mean but I I could change all of that in the next three years but I that's that's like my 10-year goal at the moment is to maintain that balance I've got Mm -hmm. between the four ends yeah great 
Okay. Is there is there um, anything that that you feel is is lacking or that that could be helpful for you, or is there any particular kind of support that maybe one of our listen, listeners could could provide? I mean, this is basically meant as a, as a as a as an opportunity to reach out and 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 call for help, help if you like, or support. Oh, quite frankly, anything technical, I just, I, I loathe, and I mentioned to you that my challenges with my computer, but don't worry about that. That's not serious. You know what, you know what I would really like it to listen for the listeners to do is to share my book with someone or share my scorecard with someone. So take mm -hmm. the scorecard, which is quite easy to find. It's at vickywoshay.com forward slash scorecard. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as long as you can spell Vicky Woshay, and I know Sasha will put it in the notes. Yeah. Um, but if you spell Vicky Woshay, you'll find me on social media, all of that sort of stuff. Find the scorecard, take the scorecard for yourself, read the book, and then share that. Share that with your partner, share that with your children. Because if you do, if you become more in control of your finances so that you can be more focused on your legacy, you focusing on your legacy will help me create my legacy and me creating my legacy for my grandchildren will help you with your legacy. I know it will. Um, and we can't help one another create our legacies and see our legacies come to fulfillment unless we make sure that we're sorted at a financial level and that we're focused on leveraging our money, that strategic element that you're talking about, because yeah. that's what gives us the financial confidence and security that we can stop worrying about money and start looking to the future. That's it. That's just the, you swing that pendulum. And the way that you can do that is to just share the book. If you love the book, share the scorecard and the more people that take it and the more people that read it, the more ideas we'll have, you know, and then share those ideas. And we can, we can break this cycle of debt and the grip that, We talk about big pharma, but there's big finance, the grip that big finance has on us. We can turn that round so that we can make sure that what matters to us is the priorities that we live our lives by. Yeah. Great, great. I love it. Um, where can people find you or contact you? I mean, you, you mentioned your website that we put a link in to the show. Yeah, notes. Uh, I think basically if, if you can spell Vicky Woshay, which is V-I-C-K-I-W-U-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-H-E-S-
my passion is scuba diving my personal passion if you could see mm. the video i'm surrounded by pictures that, that i've taken under the sea and i really do feel that the impact that um plastic is having on our planet is is incredible um and i think if i was allowed a second one it would be about, as the whole podcast has been about is about teaching people about money but mm. plastic i think um because we've we've moved we've got all this bubble wrap all over the place from the packing yeah. there's got to be better ways of doing this and i know i've started to see things that are being wrapped and the the plastic isn't plastic it's made out of potato skin yeah. bags out of potato skin which is i think incredible and that's that's what i'd love to do but there's a whole nother podcast about that as well the whole absolutely. change that we need to make to the education system but we'll come back to that yeah yeah absolutely i mean i'm, I'm with you on both points i mean it's it's it's, it's really I, I hate plastic and it's uh mm. and the money thing well obviously we talked about that too so uh that's one of my my passions too so well anyway we've uh exceeded the hour that we set as a target clearly <laughs> once more so it was a great conversation Vicky thank you for that um I, I really think we can we can think about a sequel because there was so much in that that we that we didn't really uh had a chance to touch on but um well let's explore that that a, a few months down the line um thank you for being Happy on the show you. I think you've given some really valuable insights and um my pleasure um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be glad to have you back on the show uh, for, for a sequel. But up until then, take care and have a good time and uh, keep your balance. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Sasha. And, and I wish all the best to all your listeners. Great. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.